A-L-P-H-A-M-E-N, the Alpha Male Entertainment Network. Broadcasting from Humidor 1A in the cigar city of Tampa, Florida, U.S.A. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General Cigar Dave. If you don't love the alpha male lifestyle... Get the hell out. Go back to where you came from. Oh, wait a minute. Am I a racist? No. I am proudly an alphaist. That means I espouse the alpha male lifestyle. That means I look down on wussified betas. I'm a proud alpha, a proud American. If you're a wussified beta that doesn't want to become an alpha, get the hell out. Go back to where you came from. Go back to that little wussified hole in the ground where you're afraid of your own shadow. Because the only people are, that are welcome here today on the Cigar Dave Show, alpha males with giant nads of steel that, by the way, also happen to love America. And if loving America means I'm a racist, great, I'm a racist. I'll accept that, no problem. Proudly, 100% USDA American patriot without any question or exception. Long Ash greetings and salutations. A Long Ash snappy salute semper delictatio. Always pleasure. Long live the alpha. Long live the alpha male lifestyle. Make America great again. Make masculinity great again. Screw the enemies of pleasure. And in uh, just a little bit, I'll say screw all those that come up with these warning signs in the People's Republic of California. I briefly touched on it last week, but I will get to it a little bit later on. The general, the five-star global general and alpha male in chief front and center from Command Center Alpha here in the Cigar City of Tampa, along with my canine security detail, Pendragon's Royal Baron and some great cigars that I have just received. Well, it came earlier this week. I had a large box of sample cigars that I received from the Premium Cigar Association Convention in Vegas. I've got a very special libation that I will enjoy today, a delicious single-barrel bourbon, a very special bourbon that I will tell you about a little bit later on from Old Forster. And in the second hour... With the 50th anniversary of the Apollo 11 mission and landing on the moon. Man on the moon. Oh, boy, Wally. I remember Walter Cronkite. He kind of like took his glasses off, and all he had to say on that spectacular moment was, Oh, boy. So we have tons of audio we will play. I was a kid. I was five years old the summer of 1969. I remember the landing very well, being at my grandmother's uh, house, my grandfather and grandmother, uh, Abe and Ida, watching on their Zenith television with Space Age remote control. Back then, everything was Space Age. Space Age remote control, a Space Age beverage drink, Tang. 
Uh, microwave ovens were just, I think we're still a few years away, but everything was space age back then. But I remember it very well. So the entire second hour, we will dedicate to the Apollo 11 lunar landing mission. Man on the moon. We've got great audio cuts, and we're also creating, we have created a special page with all sorts of great Apollo 11 resources. Many of you may have been born, many of you may not have been born, but a huge, huge historic moment for for this country, for the world. And the astronauts were welcomed not only back home as heroes, but the entire world. They traveled the world. Buzz Aldrin, Michael Collins, Neil Armstrong, three names that shall live forever in the annals of history. So we will get to that in the second hour. But first, a very disturbing story. As you know, I am proud to be Alpha. You are proud to be Alpha. In no way, shape, or form would we ever enter into a relationship with a dame, whether it is a girlfriend, a wife, numerous wives, your harem, whatever the case may be. Never would there be a quid pro quo between doing chores or housework and experiencing sexual pleasure. New York Post, several days ago, I look at the headline, Husband's Chore Chart Rewards Beer and Sex for Housework. In the Reddit's feminism forum, now, that is a forum you can be sure. There is absolutely no way, no chance in hell I would ever visit. If you think I'm going to a feminist forum to listen to dames, feminists, not even dames, but basically... Most of them have more facial hair than I do, and I've got a thick beard. At uh, you know, at noon, I'm already I've got noon shadow already, and I I shaved this morning at uh, 7:30. But they've got more facial hair than I do. Many of these feminists, and I'm using air quotes here, they're just disgruntled women that can't get men, they can't get dates. They're angry at their lot in life. They're angry because woof woof, they're dogs. And as I look at that, Baron just raised his head, cocked his head, and said, wait a minute, hold on a second. I'm a good-looking canine. Forget that. And he is very, very good-looking. So, Baron, I apologize. I will not call the feminists that have much, much more facial hair than I do, I will not call them dogs. But I will say this. These feminists are very angry. They're not happy. They're miserable. And so here we have a case of, I'm sure, all these women that are so miserable and naggy and can't get men, or if they are married, they're, they're just unhappy. So they go to the Reddit Feminism Forum. A user shared an image of a hand-drawn diagram, a sticker reward chart for dad. And it says, Daddy's Sticker Chart. I mean, it looks like this is designed for like a five-year-old. There's a balloon, and we'll, we'll post pictures of this on CigarDave.com and our social media feeds. There's a balloon. She, uh, the, the, the wife uh, drew on the left side of this chart. And it says, Daddy's sticker chart and a rainbow. How quaint on the upper right-hand side. And there are numerous chores. There's a total of six chores. Wash dishes. Put toilet seat down. Change blowout diaper. Bathe the Rugrats, pack the kids' lunches, vacuum car seats, and the last one, this is a doozy, clean up, throw up. 
Now, I believe as an alpha male, the front porch to the back porch is hers. The rest of the world is ours. The rest of the world is mine. She takes care of the house. We take care of being the breadwinners. Let them take care of the throw up, the kids' lunches, bathing the rugrats, putting the toilet seat down, and washing the dishes. By the way, wash the dishes. Doesn't everybody have a dishwasher today? Sergeant Steve, how many times do you wash the dishes? Uh, all the time. I mean, most of them go in the dishwasher, but you got pans and stuff like that. You don't put those in the dishwasher? Some of them. Some of them we don't. Sergeant Steve, every dish and pan and pot is made to go in the dishwasher. It's like when I, when I go back home to Buffalo and I'm at uh, my mother's house, I'll take a plate and I'll just put it right in the dishwasher. And she said, no, 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 no. You have to rinse it off first. Today's dishwasher technology is such that you can put in plates that have just hardened food gobs of food and it'll get rid of it i mean these state-of-the-art dishwashers do the job so i don't know of anybody today that does dishes i mean basically you stick them in the dishwasher almost every apartment every house has i'm sure there's some that, that don't but it's not like in the 50s or 60s when nobody had dishwashers so in any event that's one of the chores now associated with the chores, if you do six of these particular chores, there is a reward on the very far right side. So let's go over the reward chart. If daddy, whoever this daddy happens to be, washes dishes six times and she puts little stickers in the middle. And I mean, these are pathetic stickers. There's like, uh, there's like Cinderella, Snow White... There's uh, a little, what do you call it? Uh, not the Rugrats. Um, I'm trying to remember, like, from the uh, 80s and 90s. One of those little cartoon characters that were very, very chicky. But these stickers are very, very childish. But if you wash, if Daddy washes the dishes six on six different occurrences, what is his reward? A 12-pack of his favorite beer. Now, if Daddy wants to have a 12-pack of his favorite beer, he doesn't need to ask Mommy. He just goes and gets it, or he says to Mommy, when you go shopping, which is part of your duties, pick up a 12-pack of this particular beer. And if she gives him any lip or says, well, you can't get any beer until you finish your chores, all he needs to do is stare down and say, I'm the alpha male in the house. Get the beer. Or get yourself a new place to live and get yourself a new husband. Because hopefully, Daddy would be smart enough and has listened to this five-star and would have signed a prenuptial agreement before he married this pain-in-the-ass controlling mommy. But the chances of that happening are probably very, very slim. So if he washes the dishes on six occurrences, a 12-pack of his favorite beer. If he puts the toilet seat down on six different occurrences... No nagging for a week. Let me stop you right there. No nagging for a week. Any alpha male's home with his harem, his girlfriend, his wife, whatever the case may be, is always a no nagging zone 24-7, 365. There is no nagging in an alpha male's home ever from a wife from a girlfriend, from your harem. Nagging is not permitted. 
So all of a sudden, it's going to take him to put the toilet seat down six times for this guy not to get nagged by his wife. I'm going to tell you something right now. I don't believe this woman because for her to put this daddy sticker chart with all these chores and associated rewards, do you think she's going to abide by not nagging him? If he, she does, or if he does something she doesn't like, you can damn well be sure she is going to nag the hell out of this poor bastard. The third chore on the list, change blowout diaper. What the hell's a blowout? Sergeant Steve, do you know what a blowout diaper is? Absolutely. What is it? That's when the uh, poop gets outside the diaper. Oh, ah, that's definitely a dame's area of expertise. Have you ever changed a blowout diaper? Many times. Sergeant Steve, you are going to go to remedial alpha male boot camp training immediately following today's edition of the Cigar Dave Show. There are often times I was the only one with the kid. Wife was working, out doing whatever. Well, you, you wait until she comes home. <laughs> you don't want to stay around that smell. <laughs> No, no, just keep them in a separate room and just put lots of uh, air freshener. <laughs> so change a blowout diaper. If he does that six times, he gets a naked hula dance from yours truly, meaning mommy, the wife. I'm sorry, but changing six diapers full of poo and he gets a naked hula dance? Give me a break. This guy must really be pathetic. Bathe the Rugrats. If he does that six times, she says, I won't donate your favorite pit-stained T-shirt. Pack the kids' lunches. If he does that six times, one get-out-of-the-dog-house free card. Now, let me explain about being an alpha male head of the household. It is a no-nagging zone 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. There is also no doghouse for the alpha male husband, or father in an alpha male household, period. He doesn't need to pack the kids' lunches six times to get a get-out-of-the-doghouse-free card. There is no doghouses ever associated with an alpha male household, period. The wife, the dame, the harem gives you any lip, says you're in the doghouse, you show her the door and say, once again, the front porch to the back porch is yours. The rest of the world is mine. But in this case, since the home is mine too, there is the door. Goodbye. Came, go back to where you came from. Must be racist. Ugh. Terrible. He said, go back to where you came from. Must be racist. Terrible. Oh, well. Vacuum car seats. If this daddy vacuums the car seat six times, what does he get? She says, don't have to go to some annoying kid's birthday party. Well, if the alpha father and husband does not want to go to an annoying kid's birthday party, he just doesn't go. And if the wife says, well, I want you to go, he says, once again, I run the show. I am the chairman of the board. I have 50.1% of the vote in this household. Actually, you should have 100%. But as long as you got majority, you're good to go. I'm not going to that birthday party. And the last thing. What is this schmuck daddy, this pathetic, nadless, wussified, beta husband and daddy, what does he get if he cleans up, throw up, cleans up, puke six times? He gets a BJ, a blow joy. Now, are you telling me that he's got to clean puke six times? I mean, she should be giving him blow joys 
four, five, six times a day whenever he deems he needs a little stress relief and pleasure maneuvers. So let's say the kid does not throw up. Let's say the kid throws up one day, then two days later. It's going to take him, could take him up to theoretically a week or two weeks until he gets his special BJ reward. Are you kidding me? This is beyond pathetic. I can just imagine what this husband and father looks like. He probably is hunched over. He's wussified. She makes all the decisions. He's got no NADSAC. Just, just a pathetic excuse for a male of the human species. I'm sorry. A grand prize, BJ, give me a break. Every day, every hour, whenever he deems it should be a grand prize, whether it is a BJ blow joy or a romp for horizontal pleasure maneuvers, fornication maneuvers. Now, some of the people on this Reddit feminist site, they commented. One commented, it doesn't feel right to offer up sexual intimacy for housework or child care. It per- or perpetuates the myth of the incompetent dad. Men don't need a reward chart, chart like this to participate in his routine of activities of daily living. Do they? One other person said, Ick, if your husband is just another child to you, you shouldn't be with him. Now, this is pathetic. One guy, one man actually praised this reward chart. And I quote, maybe it's just because I'm male and lazy, but this seems like a really good idea. I'm guilty of not doing the chores. I'm also guilty of loving BJs. So I think if there's a way to get one by doing extra around the house, then I think it's a great idea. This guy is the poster child for being a wussified beta nadless male. He loves BJs, so to get an extra one by doing extra work around the house, you don't need to do extra work to get extra one. If you tell the missus, the girlfriend, the harem, hey, I need some blow joy maneuvers right now. I need some pleasure maneuvers. I need some stress relief. I need a happy ending. Her answer should be, yes, master, whatever you want, as many as you want. It is my pleasure to serve you, oh, great one, oh, great alpha leader. Instead, this wussified nadless male says, I'm male, I'm lazy. Get out! Again, go back to where you came from. Again, call me a racist because I said for this wussified beta, no matter what the color of his skin, go back to where he came. That means go back to under the little pathetic rock that you have been hiding where you can't be tortured by the Look of your shadow, because I'm sure this clown is afraid of his own shadow. It is pathetic to me that anyone, first of all, a wife would put up a chore chart, and second, for a husband, a father, to accept this chart being posted and to abide by the rewards if he Washes the dishes, puts the toilet seat down, changes a blowout diaper, bathe the rugrats, pack the kids' lunches, vacuum car seats, clean up, throw up. Here's my final answer, and I'm sticking to it. The front porch to the back porch is hers. That means washing the dishes, putting the toilet seat down. That's her job. You keep it up. Let her put it down. 
changing blowout diapers, bathing the rugrats, packing the kids' lunches, vacuum car seats, clean up, throw up, keeping the house nice and tidy. Front porch to the back porch is hers. The rest of the world is yours. End of discussion. We will continue. Front and oh, actually, you know what? I think I've got another couple of minutes because I went a little. Sergeant Steve, I have what, about two minutes, don't I? Because I went Correct. a little long. Okay, I, I, I don't know. Sergeant Steve, are you shocked that I went long on this particular item? I, I, I can't believe it. It never happens. I said for sure. Don't worry, Sergeant Steve. I'll get in on time because I've got two other stories in the first segment. And But this is important for you alpha males. And for those of you that are beta males that come to me as your leader to guide you from wussified, feminized betaism to 100% USDA alphaism. This is imperative that you take copious notes. If a woman tries ever to associate sex with chores or household activities, not only do you hit the eject button and get out, you don't go anywhere near someone like that, ever. There is no quid pro quo between a boyfriend and her alpha male, a question, a girlfriend and her alpha male, a wife and her alpha male husband, or a harem of lovely dames and her, her harem master, if you will. I dream of Jeannie. Do you think Jeannie would have said, oh, master, I'll grant any wish, but first you have to do these six chores six times before I grant a wish? No, you know what she said? If master came back and said, Jeannie, I need pleasure maneuvers. She would have crossed her arms and blinked her eyes and said, Yes, Master. Yes, Master. Your command is my wish, Master. Yes, Master. The feminist movement has destroyed this nation. And here's a perfect example. Associating chores with rewards, and specifically sexual rewards. If a woman tries to ever do that to you, hit the eject button, call her a one-way ticket, get her a one-way ticket, out of town. End of discussion. The July selection for the Cigar Dave Officers Club is an Aganorsa leaf sampler, including JFR Lunatic Habano. These gigantic sticks scream alpha with ring gauges as big as 80. The JFR Lunatic Habano is a medium-bodied smoke made with Aganorsa tobacco. Not a member of the Officers Club? Get premium cigars shipped directly to you every month by signing up today at CigarDave.com. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Tradition 
traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. unlimited and secure supply of pleasure sticks available for the general to enjoy. It's time for National Cigar Litation Maneuvers. At the 2019 PCA convention in Vegas, several weeks ago, Premium Cigar Association convention, I always run into people and cigar manufacturers that I've known for many, many years. And they're always doing new projects, different projects, but one of the Manufacturers, one of the really legends in the world of cigars. You may not have even heard of him, but he is very well known in the Dominican Republic. Has been making cigars, growing tobacco for many, many years. Augusto Reyes, just a wonderful guy, great gent. I've known him for now, geez, I want to say about 23 years, somewhere along those lines. And the first exposure I had to Augusto, I didn't know him very well met him briefly at the RTDA convention before it was known as the IPCPR and the PCA. It's, it was the Retail Tobacco Dealers Association convention. Briefly met him, but I had a trip to the Dominican Republic. This would probably have been the fall of, I think, 96. And I went to see Manuel Casada of Casada Cigars. I went to see Arturo, Carlito Fuente and Carlos Fuente Sr. of Arturo Fuente, Daniel Nunez of General Cigar. I made the rounds. I saw a whole group of people spent about five days down in Santiago, Republica Dominicana. And after I was done with lunch at, um, at the General Cigar Factory, Daniel Nunez says... Augusto Reyes, I just spoke to him, he just called, he heard you were in town, so he is going to send a car over for you to come over this afternoon and go to his factory. And I said, well, he doesn't need to do that, Uh, I can get over there. He said, no, 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 Augusto insists, okay. So I'll get done probably about, I don't know, 2 o'clock. There's a car waiting for me. I get out, and his driver, very, very nice, takes me over to Augusto's factory. We go into his office, and as I walk into his office, there's a giant spread of food and beverage, and he greets me, and, you know, just incredible office, incredible factory. You could eat off the floors. And uh, I said, oh, Augusto, who's this for? He said, it's for you. We knew you were coming. I had a whole spread. I said, I just had lunch. He said, no, no, no. We're going to go to the factory. Then we're going to come back afterwards. We'll have a, we'll have a little snack after about 5 o'clock. Okay. So we spent all afternoon together. He is, a, I mean, a gentleman of gentlemen, wonderful guy, makes incredible cigars. You could eat off his factory floors. That's how clean they are. Incredible. So ever since then, 
Augusto and I have been very, very good friends. And then he insisted. He said, you have my driver for the rest of the week. I said, Augusto, not necessary. Other guys are going to pick me up. Nope, nope, nope. I insist. And that's how he is. Incredibly hospitable. A real gentleman. And now he's got his daughter, Nirka Reyes Estrella, who's involved with, uh, with cigars at De Los Reyes. And one of their cigars that they have just, well, they launched at the PCA convention that will be released in September is their new Saga Solaz. The Saga Solaz, which in Spanish means leisure after work. So in the spirit of owning your own journey, making your own saga, the Saga Solaz, they say, is the perfect companion to enrich those moments of choice, making them truly yours. Now, the Solaz that they have just launched comes in three sizes, a Robusto, a Churchill, and a Gordo. Ecuadorian Connecticut wrapper, Dominican binder, Dominican filler. The Dominican tobaccos are grown by the Reyes family. They grow them, they oversee them, incredible, and Augusto, very active in multiple other different cigar endeavors. So now he's got his daughter, Nirka, who I spoke with at length. She's going to come on the show in the next few months. But that new Solaz is a fabulous cigar. And I've just pulled it out. It is in my hand, and I've got the Robusto 5x50. Suggested retail is eight, about $8.5. It goes from $8.5 to 9 dollars for the 6x58 Magnum or Gordo. This particular cigar, I smoked one this weekend. Wonderful notes of creaminess with some notes of clove and, and cedar with just a little bit of light pepper to it. A very nice cigar, medium bodied. Enjoyed it this weekend and I cannot wait, or this past weekend, I cannot wait to enjoy it today. So my cigar of choice today is the new Saga Solaz Robusto that will be launched in September to retailers across the country. Cigar-altering and highly sharpened leaf-exposing device. Self-sharpening double-edged stainless steel guillotine ready to go. Maximum BTU flame-throwing and heat-producing apparatus. Well, I've got the four jet flames here on my Cigar Dave Mala Make America Lightate again. And I'm sure... I'm sure one of the squad of four is going to say, that is racist, because you want America to lightate again. You want America to enjoy great cigars with that lighter. That is racist. It is xenophobic. It is just unacceptable. You name it, they'll come up with something. And to them, I say, go screw yourselves. I am going to enjoy myself. And I am proud to be an American. I'm proud to be an Alpha American. I'm proud to be a cigar connoisseur Alpha American who enjoys the good life. Working hard, enjoying the good life, not afraid of enjoying myself after a long day of work or a hard day of hard week of work. We as Americans believe in the capitalist system. And to the squad of four, I say, if you're so unhappy, just like President Trump said, you're so unhappy, so miserable about the capitalist system that this nation was founded on, then I suggest go to Venezuela, go to Cuba. There are many other socialist countries and communist countries around the world that would be happy to have you. And let's see 
how swell living in Venezuela and Cuba with food rations, let's see how swell that works out for you. You'll be begging to come back to the great United States of America. I'm not politically correct. I can't stand those absolute anti-Semitic. They are racist, that squad of four. They are anti-American. They are enemies of America. End of discussion. And if anybody wants to debate me on it, feel free. Reach out to me on social media. Send me an email, CigarDave at CigarDave.com. I'm happy to debate the facts. And I know I'm getting on a little tangent here as I get ready to enjoy my saga solas. But I will say this. They're the first to open their big mouths and say, we demand this and demand that and demand this. And they're first to point their finger and open their big yaps and say, you are responsible for harming kids at the border and you're responsible for this and that. But yet all of a sudden, when they're asked very simple questions, do you disavow the Antifa attack on an ICE, American ICE office in Oregon? They all clammed up, had nothing to say. They all ran from the cameras. Little mouses, little mice, little mice afraid. Everyone a little mouse afraid to open her mouth. The cat got their tongues. And then when they're criticized, when they perceive that they've been bullied because someone, another political opponent has the audacity to hit back at them, then all of a sudden, Woe is them. They've been bullied. They're little, uh, little lilies. They're little, little wallflowers that need protection. They all have big mouths, but they love to play the double-edged standard. No sorry, Not going to play it here on the Cigar Dave Show. I don't know how I got... Sergeant Steve, how the hell did I get on that tangent? Do you know? Well, you're an alpha, so... Well, that's true. That's what makes this show great, because you never know where I'm going to go. You just never know what direction... But when something is, and it's been in my craw ever since this week when it all took place, I am sick of them. And trust me, I talked to several in-the-know officials on Capitol Hill who know exactly what's going on in the Democrat Party, and all of them, there's probably about four of them, all said the same thing. We cannot stand them. They are bad news for our party and bad news for America. But because President Trump criticized them, we had to stand by him, even though that squad of four wants to whack every one of the Dems, the moderate Dems that uh, run the show up on Capitol Hill. Good luck, Dems. Reap what you sow. Your problem, not ours. Because trust me, they will flame out. We will continue now. Cigar Cigar pre-lightation checklist complete. No faults detected. Area clear of all enemies of pleasure. Approval to go throttle up in three, two, one. Perfect cut. As always, I will toast the foot of this beautiful Saga Solas, lovely, creamy Ecuadorian Connecticut wrapper, Dominican filler and binder. Ah, I cannot wait to get great draw, by the way. One thing about Augusto Reyes and Delos Reyes, they make fantastic cigars, great quality, great construction. They're hidden gem, I'm telling you. And we'll see more of these at retailers. And they've got a couple other lines that I want to tell you about, too, as I continue toasting this particular cigar. Because they also have a line called the Blend Number 7. More of a full-flavored cigar, medium to full-flavored, using a Habano Brazilian wrapper, Habano Dominican binder. 
and some Dominican and uh, Honduran Nicaraguan fillers. Very nice. And they've got another cigar called their Saga Short Tails that are all different blends. They come actually, looks like a book. The box is a book. And they're, each one has a different story. They've got the Tomo 1, the Tomo 2, the 3, the 4, the 5, and the Tomo 6. Very, very great, fantastic cigar. So, all right. Got my cigar already lit. I did so much toasting, I didn't need to uh, continue lighting. Otherwise, I would burn the cigar. Okay. Outstanding. Very nice. I need a libation to accompany this fantastic Saga Solas by De Los Reos. Scotch, bourbon, and beer. Commence thirst-quenching libationary maneuvers. I'm over at the Davidoff Store and Lounge several days ago visiting with Pendragon's Royal Baron. I see Tommy Diadio, the Senior Executive Vice President of Spirits Procurement for the Corona Cigar Stores in Orlando, as well as the Davidoff Store and Lounge in Scar City of Tampa. And as I'm about to leave, he said, General, here, I got a, I've got a bottle for you. It just came in. It is the Old Forster single barrel that Corona Cigar exclusively selected for the three Corona Cigar stores in Orlando and the Davidoff Store and Lounge in Tampa. It comes from the second floor in Warehouse G. Beautiful, beautiful. And there have been many times when I've gone to visit Jeff Borshowitz, the proprietor and owner, uh, along with his wife, Tanya, the warden, as we call her, of Corona Cigars. And I'll go in his office and I'll have uh, about five, six different sample bottles of single barrel whiskey from a specific distillery. And I'll say, here, let's try these. I'll say, what do you think? And I'll say, I like this one or I like that one. And most of the time we're in agreement. And uh, he's done Four Roses. He's done Old Forster. He's done uh, Buffalo Trace. They're well known for buying barrels and they go through them pretty quickly. So this Old Forster is what uh, they selected. And on the back of the bottle, they put a special label a picture of Groucho Marx with a cigar in his mouth, the Corona Cigar logo in the lower right-hand side. And it says, I refuse to join any club that would have me as a member. Great black and white pick. Very nice touch to the bottle. So I will now say cheers and take a sip. Mmm. Mmm. First of all, the notes on the nose, some nice honey, a little bit of... Almost vanilla, maybe cinnamon. I mean, I'll take another sip. Creamy on the palate, on the tongue. Some nice warmth. Little bit of sizzle, not a ton, just a little bit. It's almost got some nice notes of maple on here. Definitely can taste the wood. Little spice, little peppery, but not overpowering. Very, very pleasant. And on the Cigar Dave Warm Factor, let me take another sip. Mm. On the CDWF, the Cigar Dave Warm Factor, I'd say this is about a 6.8. Not overly warm, but pleasant. This is a, this is very pleasant. It is balanced. It goes nicely with a mild to medium bodied cigar. You can certainly have a fuller flavored cigar. And for those of you that say, well, I like bourbon, but Sometimes drinking it neat is too much. No problem. Put a little branch in it, which is water. In Kentucky, they call water branch. You put a little branch in the whiskey, and you can dilute it a little bit. 
whether it's teaspoon, tablespoon, whatever it is, there's no right or wrong. Some people I know say, look, I like a half and half mixture of water or branch to the bourbon. Me, I like it straight up. Sometimes if it's a very strong whiskey, a single barrel, sometimes I will just take a splash of water in there just to open it up a tad. But this is very, very pleasant. And you can enjoy this Old Forester single barrel at any of the Corona Cigar Stores in Orlando or the Davidoff Store Lounge in the Cigar City of Tampa. And you tell Tommy D that I recommended the Old Forester single barrel. All right, we will come back. Very disturbing issue involving Bond. James Bond 007 next. Never miss a minute of the show when you download the Cigar Dave mobile app for Apple, Android, and Kindle devices. You can listen to our 24-7 continuous stream of the latest show or download the recent podcasts to listen to anytime on your mobile device. Get the Cigar Dave mobile app in the App Store. Search Cigar Dave. America is under attack. Basic freedoms, privileges, and acts that we would normally take for granted are disappearing each day, including the simple ability to enjoy a cigar. This is Glenn Loop, Executive Director of Cigar Rights of America, CRA. At a time when elected officials should be thinking about education, public safety, and creating jobs, they are actually thinking about smoking bans, new taxes, and regulations of historic proportions on premium cigars. The cigars that provide us with pleasure, relaxation, and fellowship are under attack. We have to stop it. That's why Cigar Rights of America was created, to work for a new political day for cigar enthusiasts across America, to roll back restrictive laws and defeat onerous taxes and regulations that impact everyone from your local cigar shop to your personal humidor. For the price of a few great cigars, be a part of this effort to protect your right to enjoy a cigar without excessive taxation and cumbersome legislation. Go to CigarRights.org. Let's tell the government we've had enough. Join now, CigarRights.org. Membership in the Cigar Dave Officers Club has its privileges. We send you three cigars every month. Some are mild, some are medium, some are full, various ring gauges, and we have put a special series of cigars together for our July 2019 Officers Club selection. It comes to us from Aganor Salif, a Nicaraguan manufacturer that makes fantastic cigars. First up, you will get an Aganor Salif Habano. Beautiful cigar, Nicaraguan, beautiful Robusto, medium to full flavored, very rich, elegant premium cigar. And we've got two very unique cigars, super size ring gauges from the Lunatic Habano series, the Lunatic Jackhammer, eight inches in length with a 60 ring gauge, and the Lunatic El Chiquito Habano, four and three quarters inches with a massive 70 ring gauge. Big ring gauges for July from Aganor Salif. Go to CigarDave.com, $22.95 per month. Get you the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. The name is Bond. James Bond. James Bond is a male. James Bond is an alpha male. James Bond is a heterosexual alpha male. Any other presentation of the character James Bond to make him transsexual, transgender, gay, female, 
is unacceptable. Now, that doesn't mean that there could be another character that the Bond series could introduce, but James Bond 007 is what he is. To me, it's always going to be Sean Connery. The name is Bond. I'm Sean Connery, the original. But I like Roger Moore. A lot of people didn't. I thought Roger Moore was fine. Daniel Craig, the current James Bond, can't stand. Beta, doesn't like cigars, no personality. Personality of the, uh, the, the wall that I'm looking at right now. Not a big fan. None of his movies have been great. In fact, they've been pretty mediocre at best. Bond's got big problems the movie franchise. So what do the producers of James Bond think is going to invigorate their franchise? They're going to become politically correct. The next Bond film, which opens in April, has a pivotal scene at the start of the film where M says, come in, 007, and in walks actress Lashana Lynch, who is to be cast as the new 007. Now, I don't have a problem that Lashana is black. Could care less. In fact, if they wanted to make a male James Bond that was black, no problem. But it's got to be a male James Bond. 007, Bond is not a female. End of discussion. It is a male. I don't care if it is a white male, a black male, could care less. But it is a male. It is not a woman. Bond, of course, is sexually attracted to the new female 007, but his seduction tricks do not work. Now, even though 007 is not a person but a title, with the double O denoting a license to kill, as far as I'm concerned, when you think about 007, James Bond, it is a male. A heterosexual male, a virile male, a ballsy male, an alpha male. He likes dames, he likes his spirits, he likes to gamble, lives life on edge. But I am sorry. The producers are now trying to get politically correct. Oh, they say, let's try to bring in more female Bond viewers. Excuse me. Every woman I know loves James Bond, says, I watch James Bond because he's a male. I don't want to see a female James Bond. Mark my words. The end of Bond as we know it is succumbing to political incorrectness. Mark my words. James Bond will become... They'll start character, a, a character, 007, full-time as a female. You won't see a male James Bond. You won't see a heterosexual James Bond that absolutely loves to chase hot dames, that loves to gamble, loves libations. Not going to see it. Look, you want to have Jane Bond? You want to have Jenny Bond? You want to have Jill Bond? You want to have Janine Bond? Fine. But it is not James Bond, and it is not 007. Give her another number. Call it another uh, another franchise. But in no way, shape, or form should a female be associated with Bond. Now, I was in People's Republic of California a couple of weeks ago, as I mentioned to you. Everywhere you go, there are these warning signs. You go into a garage, there's a warning sign. I'm at Starbucks. Proposition 65 warning sign. Right as I'm getting where the condiments are to put the uh, milk or sugar or whatever, and it says, chemicals known to the state of California to cause cancer and reproductive toxicity, including acrylamide, our president, coffee, baked goods, other foods or beverages sold here. Acrylamide is not added to our products, but results from cooking, such as when coffee beans are roasted or baked goods are baked. As a result, acrylamide ooh, is present in our brewed coffee, including coffee made at home or elsewhere from our beans. Ground or instant coffee, baked goods or other foods sold here in grocery stores or other retail locations. 
your personal cancer risk is affected by a wide variety of factors. For more information regarding acrylamide, they say go to this website. I got news for you. You know what's worse to your health than acrylamide or any of this other nonsense? The enemies of pleasure that are royal pains in our ass. Enough of them. Apollo 11, dedication hour, next. This is AMEN, the Alpha Male Entertainment Network. from Humidor 1A in the cigar city of Tampa, Florida, USA. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time. For the General, General Cigar 50 years ago today, two hours and 11 minutes from now, man landed on the moon exactly 50 years ago, forever changing human history. This entire hour we will spend looking back at the Apollo program and the Apollo 11 mission specifically Man on the Moon, as the great legendary Walter Cronkite proclaimed, when man did land on the moon, and Neil Armstrong took his first steps. And so for the entire hour, we'll be playing significant audio sound bites from President Kennedy during the liftoff, the lunar landing, the moonwalk, President Nixon speaking to the astronauts as the astronauts left the moon and finally after splashdown president nixon speaking to the astronauts so we will relive history today so a special one hour on today's cigar dave show and as a kid growing up in the 60s when men landed on the moon i was five years old in the summer of 1969 and i remember being at my grandmother and grandfather's house abe and ida My grandfather Abe loved his cigars, so I remember the aroma of those gold label cigars very, very well. And I remember watching on their Zenith television with Space Age remote control as man landed on the moon. And I'll never forget the words of my grandmother. I can hear her sound. I can hear her voice vividly today. I can't believe it. It's a miracle, she said. It's a miracle. And that was the general thinking back then. And it was. And to this day, when you think about man leaving the Earth on essentially a giant rocket ship that is just just one giant explosive vehicle loaded with fuel, leaving the Earth's atmosphere and traveling multiple days to venture to the moon. In fact, from the time that The launch took place on July 16th, 1969, until man landed on the moon. It was four and a half days. Four and a half days to get to the moon. Four and a half days to get back. An incredible accomplishment. This was before the massive amounts of computer power. 
When you think of the change in technology in 2019 compared to 1969, it's almost unfathomable that those astronauts, that America, that NASA, 400,000 strong, spending $26 billion to get man on the moon, could achieve that incredible, incredible task, that incredible milestone. And as we will learn in this hour, there were some issues with the computer power. One of the guidance computers, as Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin were in the lunar module attempting to land, just minutes, actually seconds before they were ready to land, a computer failure. And yet, Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin able to pilot and commandeer that lunar module to a safe landing. I'm looking in front of me at my Apple XS iPhone, my iPhone XS. There is billions more computer power in this phone that I have in my hand than the entire Apollo mission used back in the 60s into the early 70s. It is indeed incredible, an incredible accomplishment. So let's go back to September 12, 1962. President John F. Kennedy speaking at Rice Stadium on the campus of Rice University, Houston, Texas, talking about why we, America, humankind, must go to the moon. We meet in an hour of change and challenge, in a decade of hope and fear, in an age of both knowledge and ignorance. The greater our knowledge increases, the greater our ignorance unfolds. No man can fully grasp how far and how fast we have come. But condense, if you will, the 50,000 years of man's recorded history in a time span of about a half a century. Stated in these terms, we know very little about the first 40 years, except at the end of them, advanced man had learned to use the skins of animals to cover them. Then about 10 years ago, under this standard, man emerged from his caves to construct other kinds of shelter. Only five years ago, man learned to write and use a cart with wheels. Christianity began less than two years ago. The printing press came this year. And then less than two months ago, during this whole 50 year span of human history, steam engine provided a new source of power. Newton explored the meaning of gravity. Last month, electric lights and telephones and automobiles and airplanes became available. Only last week did we develop penicillin and television and nuclear power. This is a breathtaking pace. And such a pace cannot help but create new ills as it dispels old. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait. If this capsule history of our progress teaches us anything, it is that man in his quest for knowledge and progress is determined and cannot be deterred. We shall send to the moon 240,000 miles away, a giant rocket, more than 300 feet tall, 
on an untried mission to an unknown celestial body and then return it safely to Earth. But why, some say, the moon? Why choose this as our goal? And they may well ask, why climb the highest mountain? Why, 35 years ago, fly the Atlantic? We choose to go to the moon. We choose to go to the moon. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that goal will serve to organize and measure the best of our energies and skills. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept, one we are unwilling to postpone. And therefore, as we set sail, we ask God's blessing on the most hazardous and dangerous greatest adventure on which man has ever embarked. It was most assuredly not easy. It was most assuredly hard. And it was most assuredly dangerous. As evidenced by the death of three astronauts of Apollo 1 while conducting a test on the launch pad on January 27th, 1967, Gus Grissom, Ed White, Roger Chafee died in the command module. And I will get to their contributions in just a few minutes because I do not want to forget, we're talking about Apollo 11 today, but those three astronauts paid the ultimate price to succeed to get man on the moon. But the Apollo program was prefaced by Project Mercury, a one-person spacecraft, followed by the two-person Project Gemini. So it wasn't just an overnight mission, an overnight endeavor. It took many, many years. But when you look at the space program, 400,000 people, $25 billion in dollars back then, today over $153 billion. Incredible amount of technology, incredible amount of science, incredible amount of sacrifice. And President Kennedy hit it. We wanted to go not because it was easy, but because it was hard. And it all culminated on July 16th, 1969, at 8.32 a.m., liftoff of the Apollo 11 Saturn V rocket. Here is the coverage provided by legendary newsman Walter Cronkite and at the time retired astronaut Wally Schirra. And it's just five minutes uh, to the historic launch of the Apollo 11 with all going well. Astronauts Armstrong, Collins, and Aldrin sitting there atop the uh, great Saturn rocket in their command module getting ready for launch. Here's Jack King and launch control. Skip Chauvin informing the astronauts that the swing arm are now coming back. The astronauts will have a few more reports coming up in the countdown. The last business report will be from Neil Armstrong at the 45-second mark in the count when he gives the status on the final alignment of the stabilization and control system. We're now passing the 4-minute, 30-second mark in the countdown. Still go at this time. Four minutes, 15 seconds, the test supervisor now has informed launch vehicle test conductor Norm Carlson, you are go, go for launch. From this time down, uh, 
Carlson uh, handles the countdown as the launch vehicle uh, begins to build up. We're now hitting the four-minute mark. Four, minute mar four minutes and counting, we are go for Apollo 11. We'll go on an automatic sequence uh, starting at three minutes and seven seconds. The astronaut, the uh, engines that uh, generate that thrust uh, uh, combined horsepower equal to 543 jet fighter planes. Their launch vehicle there weighs as much as the submarine Nautilus. They burn 5,662,000 pounds of fuel, the equivalent of 98 railroad tank cars of it, the capacity of a small town's water tank. Liftoff, the noise reaches 120 decibels and has been compared to 8 million hi-fi sets playing at once. Neil Armstrong reported back when he received the good wishes. Thank you very much. We know it will be a good flight. Firing command coming in now. We are on the automatic sequence. We're approaching the three-minute mark in the count. T-minus three minutes and counting. T-minus three. We are go with all elements of the mission at this time. We're on an automatic sequence as the master computer supervises hundreds of events occurring over these last few minutes. T-minus two minutes, 45 seconds and counting. The members of the launch team here in the control center monitoring a number of what we call red line values. These are tolerances we don't want to go above and below in temperatures and pressures. They're standing by to call out any deviations from our plans. Two minutes, 30 seconds and counting. We'll still go on Apollo 11 at this time. The vehicle starting to pressurize as far as the propellant tanks are concerned, and all is still go as we monitor our status board. Two minutes, 10 seconds and counting. The target for the Apollo 11 astronauts, the moon at liftoff, will be at a distance of 218,096 miles away. We just passed the two-minute mark in the countdown, T-minus one minute, 54 seconds and counting. Our status board indicates that the oxidizer tanks in the second and third stages now have pressurized. We continue to build up pressure in all three stages uh, here at the last minute uh, to prepare it for a liftoff. T-minus one minute, 35 seconds on the Apollo mission, the flight to land of the first men on the moon. All indications uh, coming in uh, to the control center at this time indicate we are go. One minute, 25 seconds in the counting. Our status board indicates the third stage completely pressurized. 80-second mark has now been passed. We'll go on full internal power at the 50-second mark in the countdown. Guidance system goes on internal at 17 seconds, leading up to the ignition sequence at 8.9 seconds. We're approaching the 60-second mark on the Apollo 11 mission. T-minus 60 seconds and counting. We pass T-minus 60. 55 seconds and counting. Neil Armstrong just reported back. It's been a real smooth countdown. We passed the 50-second mark. Power transfer is complete. We're on internal power with the launch vehicle at this time. 40 seconds away from the Apollo 11 liftoff. You can see the water down the stage tanks now pressurized. 35 seconds and counting. We are still go with Apollo 11. 30 seconds and counting. Astronauts report it feels good. T minus 25 seconds. 20 seconds and counting. T minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. 12, 11, 10, 9, 
Ignition sequence starts. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. 32 minutes past the hour. Liftoff on Apollo 11. Oh, boy. Oh, boy, it looks good, Wally. Somebody must be leaving Building shaking. We're getting that buffeting we've become used to. What a moment. Man on the way to the moon. And with those words, Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin, Michael Collins... On the way to the moon, a three-and-a-half-day mission before they would go into lunar orbit. Now, when you think about the Apollo 11 mission, and you think about the entire NASA program, those of us that grew up during that time, we revered those astronauts. They were mythical gods to those of us that were growing up at the time. Everything, it seemed, revolved around NASA and the space program. I knew the names of the astronauts. I knew John Glenn, Wally Schirra, Deke Slayton, Frank Borman, James Lovell, James McDivitt, Thomas Stafford, John Young, Gene Cernan, Neil Armstrong, Michael Collins, Buzz Aldrin's, Pete Conrad, Alan Bean, Alan Shepard. I knew their names. I knew what they looked like. They were young. They were... The modern-day explorers, we live vicariously through them. We wanted to be them. We wanted to be them flying airplanes and going into space. We wanted to have that coolness factor because they were cool. These were guys that were in their 30s. They were cool. They were young. They were what every kid growing up aspired to be. They were modern-day heroes. And I remember one year for Hanukkah, I told my mother... I want a NASA helmet. I saw this NASA space helmet. And sure enough, I got it. And I walked around the house and outside with that NASA helmet. And I remember playing with, with friends where we would simulate what it would be like walking on the moon. Because let's face it, as kids, one, one day we were all going to be astronauts. We were going to walk in the footsteps of all those great astronaut gods that we revered. And I remember everywhere you went. I remember when my father got gas at uh, the Gulf Station. They had actually, if you bought five gallons or ten gallons, they gave you this paper-type model that you could assemble that represented the lunar lander or represented the Saturn V rocket that you could build. We wanted to be astronauts. We were surrounded by it all the time. So as the astronauts made their way to the moon, we all watched on our televisions. I remember at five years old, but I remember the entire nation, the entire world was watching. But I don't want to forget the contributions of the three astronauts, Gus Grissom, Ed White, and Roger Chafee, who perished in their capsule during a test. Apollo 1 was going to be the first crewed mission of the Apollo program. They were scheduled to launch February 21, 1967. The mission never flew. A cabin fire during a launch rehearsal test at Cape Kennedy Launch Complex 34 on January 27, 1967 killed all three crew members. A flash fire, high oxygen content 
in the command module. It was their plugs out test. They were testing a number of different things that uh, where their power was detached, would continue to run when umbilical cables and other cables were detached. It was a six, seven hour test that was going all day. And somewhere along the line, in a highly oxygenated environment, there was a momentary increase in an AC bus voltage uh, line. There was an electrical arc. Nine seconds later, one of the astronauts who many believe was Gus Grissom exclaimed, hey, fire or flame that was followed by two seconds of scuffling sounds through Grissom's open microphone. Immediately followed by someone who many believe was Roger Chafee through lab analysis saying, we've got a fire in the cockpit. After seven seconds of silence, a second badly garbled transmission occurred, inter interpreted by various listeners as they're fighting a bad fire, let's get out, open her up. We've got a bad fire, let's get out, we're burning up or I'm reporting a bad fire, I'm getting out. The transmission lasted five seconds and ended with a cry of pain. All three astronauts took a while to get to the astronauts to get in. They, because of the high pressure content within the capsule, the astronauts could not open the door to escape. They all died. Died of fire, of burns, smoke inhalation. A tragedy. In fact, after that, there were no additional tests. There would be no missions for well over a year and a half. So those three astronauts, they gave their lives. It is not easy, as President Kennedy said, we're doing it because it was hard and incredibly dangerous. So as we remember Apollo 11 today, and we remember that successful mission, it's imperative that today we also remember the three astronauts of Apollo 1. They were the first. They died so that man could land on the moon, a NASA tragedy that ended up with many changes to make the space capsule safe. No matter how safe they made it, as we know, space travel is inherently dangerous. Now we come back. We will continue playing audio from the Apollo 11 mission to the moon, the lunar landing, man on the moon, and much more. We celebrate 50 years of Apollo 11 today. The Cigar Dave Officers Club selection this month is an Aganorsa Leaf sampler, including the Aganorsa Leaf Habano. This mouth-watering Nicaraguan puro is loaded with full-bodied flavor. The Aganorsa Leaf Habano has spice and pepper notes with creamy sweetness on the finish. Want these cigars shipped directly to you each month? Log on to CigarDave.com to join the Officers Club. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. 
To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. This is the 50th anniversary tribute to the Apollo 11 mission to the moon. With more, here's the Global General, Cigar Dave. July 16th, 1969, the Apollo 11 mission launches from Cape Kennedy, Florida. Three and a half day travel time to get into lunar orbit. Apollo 11, as a crew of three, Neil Armstrong, Michael Collins, and Buzz Aldrin. But who were these, these men, these mythical gods, these astronauts? Neil Armstrong was the mission commander, born in Wapakoneta, Ohio. August 5, 1930, received a Bachelor of Science in Aeronautical Engineering from Purdue University, a Boilermaker in 1955, and a Master's of Science in Aerospace Engineering from the University of Southern California in 1970. He was selected with the second group of astronauts in September 1962. He was backup command pilot for Gemini 5, command pilot of Gemini 8, backup command pilot for Gemini 11, backup commander for Apollo 8. As commander of Apollo 11, he became the first man to walk on the moon. And in July 1970, he became deputy association administrator for aeronautics at NASA, retired from NASA August 1971. He was also a NASA test pilot. Michael Collins, command module pilot born in Rome, Italy, October 31, 1930. Received a Bachelor of Science from the U.S. Military Academy at West Point in 1952 and was one of the third group of astronauts named in October 1963. He was backup pilot for Gemini 7 and pilot on Gemini 10. He was assigned to the Apollo 8 crew but was removed to undergo surgery. In January 1970, he resigned from NASA and the Air Force. Edwin Buzz Aldrin, lunar module pilot, born in Montclair, New Jersey, January 20th, 1930. Received his Bachelor of Science also from the U.S. Military Academy at West Point in 1951. And a Doctor of Science degree in astronautics from MIT in 1963. So Buzz Aldrin is a doctor, Dr. Buzz Aldrin. He was one of the third group of astronauts named in October 1963. He was the backup pilot for Gemini 9, pilot for Gemini 12, and backup command module pilot for Apollo 8. As the lunar module pilot on on Apollo 11, he became the second man to walk on the moon. He retired from NASA in July 1971. Buzz still going strong today, an advocate for the space program to put a man on 
Mars. And people forget there was a backup crew for Apollo 11. It was James Lovell, William Anders, and Fred Hayes. They stayed on the ground at Mission Control in Houston, but were ready to go if necessary. Now, after the Apollo 11 mission began, after that Saturn V rocket was launched, it burns for 11 minutes to achieve a 100 nautical mile circular parking orbit. Then there is translunar injection. After one to two orbits around the Earth to verify readiness of spacecraft system, the Saturn 4B third stage reignites for six minutes to send the spacecraft to the moon. Then we have transposition and docking. The spacecraft lunar module adapter panels separate to free the command module and expose the lunar module. The command module pilot moves the command module out a safe distance and turns it 180 degrees. Then we have extraction. The command module pilot docks with the lunar module, pulls the combined spacecraft away from the Saturn 4B rocket, which then is sent into solar orbit. The lunar voyage takes three days, mid-course corrections made as necessary using the engine. Then we go into lunar orbit. The spacecraft passes about 60 nautical miles behind the moon, and the engine is fired to slow the spacecraft and put it into a 60 by 170 nautical mile orbit, which is soon circularized at 60 nautical miles by a second burn. After a rest period, the commander and lunar module pilot move to the lunar module. They power up its systems, deploy the landing gear. The command module, lunar module separate. The command module pilot visually inspects the lunar module. Then the lunar module crew moves a safe distance away and fire the descent engine for descent into orbit insertion, which takes about 50,000 feet. And then we go into lunar landing. On July 20th, 1969, 3.17 p.m., here's the sound of what you heard, what NASA hears, and the lunar module pilots Buzz Aldrin, Neil Armstrong, as they prepare to make landing on the moon. Okay, all flight controllers, go, no, go for landing. Retro. Go. Fido. Go. Guidance. Go. Control. Go. Telcom. Go. GNC. Go. Econ. Go. Surgeon. Go. Capcom, we're go for landing. Altitude 4200. Houston, you're go for landing. Over. I understand. Go for landing. 3,000 feet. You're looking great. How you doing, Control? We look good here. Fine. Uh, how about you, Telcom? Go. Guidance, you happy? Go. Fido. Go. 2,000 feet. 2,000 feet. Into the egg. 47 degrees. Roger. 37 degrees. Still looking very good. Here go. Top alarm. 
40 feet down, two and a half, picking up some dust. Straight shadow. Four forward, drifting to the right a little. 30 seconds. Forward, just. Contact light. Okay, engine stop. We copy it down, Eagle. Houston, uh, Tranquility Base here. The Eagle has landed. We're home. <laughs> Man on the moon. <laughs> Walter Cronkite, in the excitement of man landing on the moon, figuring he would have something majestic to say. He'd have he'd had really years to think of what to say, and human emotion overcame him because all he could say is, "Oh boy, man on the moon," and I think that's what everybody said. Oh boy, and Wally Shira, when they they cut to him. He, had a, he was wiping a tear away from his eye. Wally Shira, one of the original Apollo astronauts on Apollo 7, mission October 11th to the 22nd, 1968, part of the first crew that uh, demonstrated Earth orbit. Now, there is an interesting note you may have heard, a, a, something that if you paid very close attention, you could hear... Neil Armstrong mentioned we have a 1201 alarm. What was that 1201 alarm? The guidance computer that was guiding the lunar module to land essentially crashed. It shut down and began rebooting. But there would not be enough time to get that fully rebooted. So what happened? Neil Armstrong essentially took control and landed the the lunar module. And what was interesting is where they were originally going to land at Tranquility Base, there was a giant crater. Neil Armstrong had to make a last-minute decision, last-second decision, to position the spacecraft a little bit away. And he was running out of fuel. They had a limited amount of fuel. He was able to do it. And just as he land, landed, they ran out of fuel. They shut the engine down. And that was on July 20th, 1969 at 3.17 p.m. Here's an interesting fact for you. The guidance computer that was programmed by an MIT graduate contained 36K of data. The average email today contains 75K of data. I want you to think about that. A regular email, average email contains double, over double the amount of data that the Apollo 11 lunar module guidance computer contained. And what happened? It took a human to intercede, and it worked. But everybody in uh, they, they, that, at Mission Control in Houston, they had to make a decision. Go, no go. Mission commander said, we're going. Neil Armstrong, I've got it. Boom. They landed on the moon. Now, that would be at 3.17 p.m., on July 20th, 1969, at 9.56 p.m., Neil Armstrong departs from the lunar module to make history. Okay, Neil, we can see you coming down the ladder now. Okay, Neil, we can see you coming. Okay, I just checked uh, getting back up to that first step. Uh, it's... Uh, it hasn't collapsed too far, but uh, it's adequate to get back up. 
Roger, we copy. Pretty good little job. entire Earth celebrated man landing on the moon. You didn't have to be American to celebrate as viewers from across the globe all watched with bated breath. Those words, that's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind shall live forever. 
Never miss a minute of the show when you download the Cigar Dave mobile app. For Apple, Android, and Kindle devices, you can listen to our 24-7 continuous stream of the latest show or download the recent podcasts to listen to anytime on your mobile device. Get the Cigar Dave mobile app in the App Store. Search Cigar Dave. Hi, this is Rocky Patel. If you're a beginner, or if you just enjoy a great mild cigar like I do in the morning, I suggest you try the Vintage 99. This seven-year-old Connecticut wrapper delivers a creamy, mild, smooth flavor. It's very, very balanced on your palate, and it absolutely is delightful. Tons of flavor, a perfect draw, and an incredible ash. This cigar is smooth, it will entice you to enjoying more and more of the Vintage 99s. It's just a nice, great, balanced, smooth cigar. Look for it, the oldest Connecticut shape in the market today. I'm Rocky Patel, and I promise you, nobody works harder than we do to make you a great quality cigar. Come visit us at RockyPatel.com. Surgeon General warning, cigar smoking can cause cancer and heart disease. You couldn't attend the 2019 Premium Cigar Association Convention and Trade Show in Las Vegas where the manufacturers all release new cigars, but the good news is you can catch all the new product launches and get the inside look at every manufacturer's booth as I exclusively walk the entire show floor. We visited the Davidoff booth, Drew Estate, Alec Bradley, Gurkha Cigars, CAO, Padron, Casada. We talked to several cigar retailers, and I did a huge 45-minute walkthrough from the beginning of the show to the end of the show to give you an inside look where we see all the Cigar Insiders. So go to CigarDave.com and catch my exclusive 2019 Premium Cigar Association convention coverage. You can catch it on the Cigar Dave mobile app, CigarDave.com. Just make sure you catch it. Everything you need to know about the world of cigars, you'll find on my exclusive 2019 PCA coverage. This is the 50th anniversary tribute to the Apollo 11 mission to the moon. With more, here's the Global General, Cigar Dave. July 20th, 1969, 9.56 p.m., man on the moon. And while still on the ladder, Neil Armstrong uncovered a plaque mounted on the lunar module descent stage bearing two drawings of Earth of the western and eastern hemispheres with an inscription that states, here men from the planet Earth first set foot upon the moon, July 1969 A.D. We came in peace for all mankind, and it contained the signatures of Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin, and Richard Nixon, the President of the United States at the time. So now, man on the moon, they spent close to a day on the moon, and it is time to actually just under a day on the moon, and it is time to lift off once again. And what happens is the ascent stage lifts off the lunar module using the descent stage as a launching pad. The lunar module rendezvous docks with the command module. 
They transfer back all these rocks and everything else. The astronauts go back to the lunar module, and then they begin the trans-Earth injection to come back to Earth for splashdown. And this is what it sounded like with mission control as the astronauts and the lunar module were leaving the moon surface. Guidance reports both navigation systems on Eagle are looking good. Fifty blanks. Got that answer card. Three days later, the Apollo 11 module would splash down in the Pacific Ocean at 11.50 a.m. President Nixon, on board the USS Hornet, awaits and greets the astronaut who was put into quarantine in an Airstream trailer on board. Neil, Buzz, and Mike, I want you to know that I think I'm the luckiest man in the world. And I say this not only because... I have the honor to be President of the United States, but particularly because I have the privilege of uh, speaking for so many and welcoming you back to Earth. One question I think that uh, all of us would like to ask, uh, uh, as we saw you bouncing around in that uh, boat out there, I wonder if that wasn't the hardest part of the journey. Was that the only, did any of you get seasick? No, we didn't, and it, it was uh, one of the harder parts, but it was one of the most pleasant, we can assure you. Yeah. <laughs> History was forever changed during that seven-day period back between July 16th and July 24th, 1969, Apollo 11, 50 years ago, man on the moon. Neil Armstrong passed away August 25th, 2012, at the age of 82. He spent eight years after he retired from NASA as an engineering professor at the University of Cincinnati. One quick fact, the spacesuit design was won by Playtex, the company that makes the bras and the girdles. They renamed themselves International Latex Corporation. They beat out other uh, companies to create a very uh, uh, mobile type of spacesuit. And the seamstresses who made the bras and girdles were assigned to make the spacesuits. Just another little factoid about that great Apollo 11 mission and all of the Apollo 11 program. Many more resources. Go to CigarDave.com. You can catch them there. 
To those astronauts today, to me, they remain mythical gods. May they all forever live in infamy because they were incredibly famous and they are. Cigar Dave, the general, saying, may your humidor always be full. May your cutter always be sharp. May your ash be extra, extra long. Semper Delictatio, always pleasure. To those of us that grew up during the space age, on this 50th anniversary of Apollo, let's go out and have some tang. Let's use our space age remote control. Use our microwave oven. Apollo 11 shall live forever in the heavens.